You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Your Dose of Death Podcast. I am Lauren, as always, joined by my esteemed co-host, Mike Servino, who is always a busy man, as you can always see. But, of course, as you see, we have a third guest here today. Um, we have wrestling journalist extraordinaire James Lascola. James has been excited to be on here. We've been talking about doing this for a while, and finally, we're making this happen. Um, before we get into what we are talking about today, James, I want you to just kind of introduce yourself to our listeners and um, what you've been up to the last few months. Man, you know, I mean, the first and foremost, I just want to dust off a little oldie from the uh, the James playbook. But what is going on, everyone? I mean, <laughs> I'm fucking stoked to be here. I'm a big fan of what you two guys got going on. I mean, I myself. You know, if you don't know, you know, I've I've uh, done my share of, you know, journalism via, you know, written interviews. I've gotten to talk to some incredible people in the deathmatch world, be it, you know, the bulldozer Matt Tremont, Alex Cologne, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira. I mean, I've gotten to really just get to talk to some great people in this deathmatch world. And, you know, above all, you know, I just I freaking I really, really love deathmatch wrestling. Uh, over the past few months, you know, I've just been kind of, I guess you could say, you know, just recharging the batteries. I actually got to make the journey down under to Australia for ICW down under. And man, it was absolutely one hell of a time. I would do it all over again in a heartbeat for just all the incredible stuff I got to experience and see in Australia on top of just the incredible talent that DMDU has to offer on top of what ICW brought down under. Well, yeah, as you told me, I, I had found out from you exclusively that you were doing the trip and I'm like, <laughs> wow, like this was such a revelation. But then seeing like when you came back and telling me all the stories you had, the great experiences. Yeah. I mean, yes, we've known DMDU's potential for a very long time. Um, and it's really awesome to see ICW No Hold Barn and DMD working together. If you haven't checked out those shows, go check them out. They're all on IWTV, all our great shows. Um, really great crowds down there in Melbourne, I got to admit. Um, so really awesome that you are here with us now. And as you guys... I'm jealous see, that you went. I had a big I, I trip too. planned. I had I a big trip planned, and I didn't get to go to it. I had to. Uh, I had an international trip to Japan. Oh, damn. And that fell through... Um, because I couldn't make, I, I took a job and couldn't take the time off. So that sounds awesome, dude, for sure. Um, so as you can kind of see through my shirt here, I'm in the festive spirit. This is like my like Christmas right here. The Nick Gage Invitational number seven is upon us. Um, all of Deathmatch's finest will be in Good old Summit, Illinois, the world-famous Summit Park District building will host another edition of the NGI 7. And as you can see, we're kind of making this our prediction show. Um, I do want to point out before we get into NGI is that we don't we only have really one matchup 
officially signed, sealed, and delivered. Everything else is kind of our own views, our own potential ideas for the tournament. So please don't be upset if this doesn't happen because we are kind of going into it this as blind as many of us are. So I want to get that out of the way before we start. So we can put like a little dis- a disclaimer or whatever that these are the views of your Joseph Pet podcast. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, what is um, James? What is your initial thoughts of how the NGI seven field looks to your taste? You know, honestly, for a while now, I've always thought like, of course with this being one of two major tournaments that GCW runs during the calendar year, during that, you know, beloved tournament season, we have, I mean, to me, this is a really great field and it's kind of, uh, you know, resembling something I've thought for a while where, you know, with the tournament of survival, that's where you have your big name players. You have your big people coming up to plate in this one. I'm glad to see that we still got the big names like the John Wayne Murdoch's and the Alex Colones that were all, accustomed to but i mean we also got some you know relatively new blood in there too you know we have hunter freeman who's been on a roll sawyer wreck who's really been on a roll sawyer season baby oh absolutely and i mean sakuda coming back into america and coming into this ngi coincidentally the first event he actually debuted for for game changer wrestling i mean i really like how this tournament is padding out so far and i really hope they kind of keep that streak of bringing in some fresh blood through the ngi yeah mike what's your thoughts on the ngi field as it stands uh i like the new field um and with the younger talent mixed with the the veterans um uh I'm not really a big Sakuda fan, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to be real with it with everybody here because I'm keep it keep it 100. percent But it's cool that he's here. Um, I I definitely am rooting for Alex. Um, I want to see him uh, two peat the NGI, but uh, I'm excited for uh, Hunter Freeman and Sawyer to get an opportunity. And um, it's cool that the uh, Mathesos are in it too. So I like it. I'm probably not going to be watching it uh, live, but I. Um, there's deathmatch shows in Jersey, but I, I'm I'm probably gonna like turn the phone off and, and get and wait till I get home or, or in the morning so I don't get any spoilers. No but spoilers. It should be interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, both are great. And yeah, Sakuda is one of those people that yes, on paper he may seem good, but I think he's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle and the freedoms lineup. But considering freedoms is like the gambit of like. Japanese deathmatch excellence right now. So he, he he's of, like um he's kind of more like middle of the fray. He's with, like if IWA mid south and IWA deep much south. Much show as Japanese. it gets. Much show yes. as it gets. Like, that's he, the best he's way to put too, it. He's too much for me. Like it, it uh, and that's surprises some people, but it can be. I mean, I mean, he's had interesting runs. I think everyone got kind of the buzz from him being one of the guys leaving BJW. No one ever thought he'd leave, then transition to freedoms and kind of like you just kind of in the middle of the fray in mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but I do hope he has had some good opportunities in GCW, so I hope maybe him doing it on another American run will kind of reignite his passion. So I'm hoping to that. Um, my thoughts in this field: this might be one of my top three favorite fields for NGI. Ooh. I think I, I think NGI three is still the best field that's ever been put together. 
that is just such a great team. Like, if you've never watched NGI 3, go watch it. One of my all-time favorite matches in Cologne Cicada 1 is on there. One of the quickest but most beautiful death matches ever. Also, Tree Branch uh-huh. for Life. That's a great match, yeah. It is such a great sure, match. I've sure. shown my girlfriend that match, and she was awe-inspired by how insane that match was because that was the first time she's seen Takeda. And I was like, yep, that's Takeda. But going to this field, doing the numbers here, we have four countries, including the United States, represented. Japan, the UK, Mexico. Um. Big F and Joe, who just came off a great run at TOD. That's a guy we kind of are overlooking here. A guy who literally, I thought, had a star-making performance at TOD. And he's had a very under-the-radar year. I mean, he's been in there with Trima. He's being the Necro Butcher twice. He's... Oh, yeah, I forgot about he. That's um. I'm glad he's in it. Like, this is his first too. American break in, in GCW, so that, yeah. that'll be cool. He called mm-hmm. a shot at GCWTNT and look who comes out John Wayne Murdoch's like you want your shot you're gonna have to go through me and I kind of want to put a little caveat on this so flashback to February of this year RPW's show with the ICW No Holds Barred doubleheader in Chicago mm-hmm. Big F and Joe beat Murdoch on Illinois soil so just a little something to think about there really? adding into this mm-hmm. one yeah Joe beat Murdoch, and um, that that was a great match. It was quick but fun. But Joe's on a bigger stage now. Lights are a little bit brighter. It's going to be interesting seeing how that matchup goes. That's one of the more up in the air ones, honestly. Looking at this field, um, I also want to ask you guys how you feel about a ninth person being added formally this year in the NGI. I know last year was kind of a impromptu with charlie evans who impressed the night before in detroit getting the call and then schlack coming out out of nowhere to be to make that match with kid osmore's uh triple threat but this year looks like they're going back to the nine person form matt but officially adding someone in the form of cole Radrick. so i kind of want your thoughts on that you know uh i don't know how to feel about it i mean first off you know even numbers of course with any tournament feel it's like yeah, it just feels natural. You know, you have your eight in field, you know, your first, you know, four matches of the tournament. But I mean, adding the extra one kind of makes it interesting because I mean, just by the numbers, one of these matches has to be a triple threat. And there's like any number of possible really good matches that could em- emerge out of the multi man death match. Which I mean, I know they can be a bit hit or miss. They are. That's, I was going to say the same exact thing. I think triple threats are so hit or miss. If you want an example of that, speaking of NGIs, NGI 4 is like the biggest hit or miss tournament of all time. I like that tournament a lot. I know I always say that to you. Here's how I see it. The first two triple threats were very missed. But then the the second two were amazing. So that's how I see it with NGI 4. But Mm. I do agree, like, adding that ninth, it may be unnatural. It may be not conservative booking, but there is a ton of different triple threat scenarios we could do. And I mean, I kind of think I, I kind of think I have an idea what's going to be the triple threat, but I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on what the triple threat could be for NG. Um, I, I, to add to that, I uh, agree with uh, both of your sentiment. I think that it, 
it kind of screwed up. I know it did. I talked about this. There's an yeah. interview on my uh, page about this with Kit Osborne. Like it, it screwed up Kit's um, return last year. They just couldn't get the synergy together, uh, correct, with three people. Um, yeah. So I think it's risky. Like it's either hit or miss. Like we'll see if it works with Cole. I also think like whoever's in the the multi man, it kind of unintentionally tells to the audience like um this is like uh you know they weren't good enough for their own marquee match uh they had to have three people in it and uh, i don't it just sends a message to me that like this is like you know like the junior deathmatch division and mm. these are the real mm. the big people i don't know if that is true but i'd rather have them just have a 12-man tournament i could see 12 but then you're adding time then you're Adding, you're adding time that I mean not everyone's gonna want to stick around, and it, it is weird. I do kind of agree though with the sentiment that you could have had two more people as well. But if you get the right people again, if you just get the formula down and you get the right three people, it could end up being one of the best matches of the tournament for um, sure. To, I think, and I know this may date itself a little bit, but I'm thinking that it's going to be Cole Radrick. And both of Los Macizos in the triple threat. They have done that before. In Detroit. In and Detroit, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they I, did well. And they did well. So I, mm-hmm. I, I could see them doing it on a bit of a bigger stage in the NGI. I don't know. I mean, that's just where I'm thinking. Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, they killed it in that. That was one of the videos that uh, I, I posted that got removed by Instagram because it was so it was so brutal. Um, so yeah, that'd be cool. I'm happy Cole's in it. Yeah, but I would be like personally fine with um a 12-man tournament. I know XPW California did a 12-man tournament. And when you when you took out all like the cleanup time and the time that for entrances, like it really wasn't that much longer than the eight-man tournament. And I thought it was cool to have like the additional people. Um, and uh, I think if they just stuck to time like constraints, they could do this well, but who knows? You know, I'm not the booker, so. Um. Yeah, but that's where my head is. I'm, I'm thinking Cole and Macizos. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I want to kill two birds with one stone with having both of Los Macizos out of the tournament so early. But it, it's a very interesting predicament that we have, and I like that they announced it formally because it's like, well, like Cole, Cole's pretty much a fan favorite at this point he's the man what one of the mvps you like cole right oh of course oh hell yeah i I know you do lord (laughs) i mean i was i was loving cole even before he jumped in the deathmatch circle like this i mean he's one hell of a talent like for sure i mean deathmatch traditional the guy can really he's like just a multi-faceted tool in the wrestling ring definitely Yeah. yeah I mean, Radrick or Riot happened at Hammerstein, and it's. Ha- I mean, the the fans have willed Cole Radrick to the to the upper echelon of the GCW cards. Um, he had a great performance at TOS too. He, I think, I, there there's not. I like that there's not a lot of turnover from TOS and NGI this year. So like, mm-hmm. they're different. Get, yeah. You get different tournaments. You get different potential storylines. Um. Again, the other person who has had a spectacular year literally blew up out of nowhere. Sawyer Rack, one of the MVPs yeah. of GCW right now. Yeah. Of, of even just the deathmatch world. 
Yeah. I mean, not every day do you get a lovely lady like Sawyer Wreck at 6'2", which is legit, by the way. If you think I'm wrong, I'm just saying, go meet her. She's legit 6'2". Mm-hmm. Um, doing the stuff that she does and doing it well. It's crazy. I mean, me and Mike can attest to the COS when she beat Janela, how yeah, loud bro. the showboat got when she won. I mean, that was the crowds are behind her. She's getting more and more appearances uh, around the country. I mean, this was someone who was kind of like one of the pillars of No Peace Underground in Orlando, and now is like taking over the country. So, I mean, that's what benefited her that it stopped, that they kind of stopped running. It did. I was, she was just chilling in Orlando, and now, a few years later is literally like front and center. It it is funny though. I'm going to say this, but I hope the Chicago crowd gets behind her more because at art of war, it was a little lackluster crowd wise, but like that was because me and middens were like the only two cheering for Sawyer wreck because we knew who she was. Oh yeah. And I mean, that was a hell of a match. If you hadn't checked that one out at art of war, that was a great match. It was kind of a, in front of a crowd that wasn't really sure about the two of them, but I was like, if you're going to put Sawyer and NGI, this is kind of your Chicago preview match. That was a good match, yeah. It, it was a good match, so I'm glad she got the, the shot here in NGI. It's someone who has broken every single barrier. And also, I want to put it out, I believe she's only, she's the third woman to ever enter, a G, or fourth, to enter a GCW Deathmatch tournament in general. <clears throat> We've had who are they? Well, Allie was the first Allie one for TOS. No, TOS. She only did oh, TOS. yeah, I get yep, those. Yep. Mixed then up. Rena did NGI. Yes. Then no, Charlie. TOS. She did both. She did both. Yeah. But that's oh. Just... oh, yeah, she did. She was with Addict. She, she first did NGI, yeah, okay. and then yeah. she did TOS. Mm-hmm. Then Charlie mm-hmm. Evans did that same NGI. And now Sawyer's number four. So. Even to add on to just the Sawyer talk, I mean, just to date myself here, I mean, back in March of 2020, like when the shutdowns first started, I mean, uh, no peace. They did just like a little Twitch stream where they had a yes. couple matches in an empty sound bar. And I remember that. I mean, she was having a pretty solid match in an empty arena on a no ring, <laughs> no ring on a stage in an empty little like club and now two years later fast forward she's in swimming with the goddamn sharks like that is a testament to how damn good she is it's funny you mentioned that because i want to kind of point something out and I, I totally for skip this sentiment but she literally was doing no ring just solely no ring she wasn't doing much in ring but she's kind of proven that the no ring deathmatch people can do as just a good job, if not better now, because I know there's some people that are like, Oh, no ring is they can't wrestle in a ring. I've heard that debate all the time, but I would be like example, golden example. Number one, in the form of Sawyer rack, who mm-hmm. is every ring she has stepped into everything. She's done. I mean, how the match with her and Sage Sin was great at XP. You watched that? that? Yep. I did. It nice, was good. Nice, yeah. was I mean, crazy. it was gnarly at times, and I was a little terrified of the ref using his teeth to gnaw out a with a pencil yeah. or a skewer. 
pencil. No, I was whatever. Oh my god! But I mean, Sawyer Sawyer made Sage look like a shrimp in that ring. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. So she's improved so much too. I, I remember the I saw her first at an OP show. Yeah, the, when I was doing. Texas. Murder Mania. Yeah, that was one of our first episodes that we did together. Um, and I was like, she's crazy. Um, but I, I didn't think that much of her at first, to be honest, not to be insulting. Um, it like took me a little bit to warm up to her. And then I think like I think I was like definitely fully sold on her at COS. That that COS after, match was a game changer, no pun intended. And then she just keep she kept getting better, better, better. And now I think she's like top 10 to be honest like in all honesty like she is awesome she gets it like she uh has like a character and story behind her and she she keeps kayfabe alive like she's kind of mysterious like you don't really know much about her like she has like dope facial expressions which i don't think a lot of people she do sells she sells, oh, yeah. really, sells well. really well um like she's elite in the deathmatch world now um and this is the one of the few people that Lauren, that Steven likes at the World of Deathmatch <laughs> podcast. Because he doesn't like anyone, um, but he loves Sawyer Rex. So. <laughs> that's, that's a hard feat. To, that is to a be. hard feat in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a very hard feat in itself. Holy crap. Um, but yeah, I mean, this field, Tatamam, I want to kind of get your guys' predictions on Joe Murdoch to start off things, and then we'll go from there. I'm I think John's go- winning the whole thing, so I, I, I'm rooting I, for Alex, I, but I think Murdoch's going to win. So I could see that. I could see that. I could see like a Cologne Murdoch final where the Mega Bastards implode. No, and that's their swan song. No. I mean, I know I'd hate it too, but like I that's I, I see that maybe. But here's something I like this year, and I kind of was thinking of this, and I don't know if you guys will agree or disagree. I like that there's no show before NGI this year. Oh, yeah. Because last year, as much as I love the idea of Cologne Takeda 3 ending the trilogy in Chicago, considering they started it here, like GCW kind of showed their hand with the idea of Takeda and Cologne staring down to end that Detroit show right before NGI. They kind of showed their hand a little bit. So, like, like, for me, I'm watching, I'm like, "Mm, they're going to need... This is kind of going to throw out a bunch of my predictions. And so it, it was just kind of annoying. But I like that this year it's like we have a clean slate that we uh-huh. will not show anyone's hand. No, no little sneak peeks. Screw that. We're, we are doing NGI. We are not going to like screw around with this. So I like that there's no show before NGI. I don't also- know how you guys feel about that. I mean, also on top of that, just not having the wear of doing back-to-back days of shows, like, yeah, I mean, that definitely is going to boost, if anything, the tournament performances, where they don't have to worry about playing it safe night one and then being able to go, like, all in on night two. You know, they can just go straight pedal to the metal into this tournament without having to worry about, you know, nagging anything or possibly getting hurt the night before. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I would love to see yeah. Joe win this one, but I'm going to go with Murdoch. I kind of agree with Mike. The the whole, I, I think Murdoch, I mean, another guy who's really in the he last proved. year has improved, but also like he's kind of become one of like the new like pillars of GCW. And it's kind of crazy how a year ago it was like he was the 
he was the gold standard of the chains and he was the guy, the workhorse, the the guy doing it all for ICW. Then all of a sudden, literally a year ago to this day, shows up unannounced to challenge Cologne mm-hmm. after Cologne went through hell at NGI. A year later, he's back in a GCW deathmatch tournament, and it's none other than NGI in the site of where he returned. So, I mean, talk about full circle for John Wayne Murdoch. And I think maybe icing on the, maybe winning NGI, icing on the cake. Yeah, this, he needs to win this, dude. This is, um, like, this is like Ian Rotten land, too, um, where, where they're running the tournament. I think it, cool it was going to but... be Ian Rotten land, but Ian, we, we know what happened there. He kind of, he kind of fumbled the bag, as we kids say. Yeah, he fumbled the bag, but Murdoch was like, was going to be like his dude. Like, it was one of be his like, dude, yeah. So I, I want him like to don't like be like oh, Cologne's the East Coast dude and Murdoch's the Midwest guy. And he's like the top one there. I also think it's really cool with him that, um, you know, ICW No Holds Barred is big in within the deathmatch niche, like the deathmatch community. Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody likes No Holds Barred, um, but it's like uh, to the outside world of like greater fandom, it's not too it's well that, known. Yeah. GCW, on the other hand, like, you know, it's not like AEW, but it's like it's it's a little bit more mainstream. So it's it? cool that like Murdoch came over here and got like all these new sets of eyes on him and he's like on most shows so like he's like he's he's there seems to be casual fans watching him too and like workhorse yeah there's just a bigger platform you know there's no doubt i mean it's just crazy within the year i remember that night very vividly like cologne winning ngi literally Half my medical supplies literally were used to patch Alex Cologne up after literally looking like he almost looked like Tupac is the best way to put it. He did, the, yeah. He literally looks like Tupac with the towels over his head. And I'm like sitting and I'm like, oh my God, they used all my medical supplies. I brought them. And all of a sudden I see a dude in khakis coming to the ring, masked up, does the brain buster. And I'm like, wait a second. And my jaw was on the floor. I'm like, what? And all of a sudden, next to my right, I hear ICW chants. <laughs> and then I see MLJ's face, like priceless. As a, and I'm like, oh, my Lord, what just happened? And I remember messaging Murdoch, because he was a former guest on the show. And I'm like, so you were going to tell me you were going to be in Chicago, John? He's like, I got to keep the surprise. Hell of a surprise, and now... I'm gonna, they, I'm gonna, dude, they hated him. I don't know if you remember this. No, oh, the, yeah. the Atlantic City crowd was like, like Whoo. they really did not want him there. And like, I felt like, remember they cut that like whole promo package. The John and it Wayne. felt like it felt like they were being like for real. Like well, I think they were. They, they, they like, were leaning in. They were <laughs> leaning in. Like Murdoch leaned into it, and everyone else kind of leaned into it too. So it was I think that like, it, he had to prove himself too when he, he got did. here. Or well, a lot of other people don't. Like they kind of just hear like. Uh, I uh, think had, that they they didn't like him legitimately. Yeah, they but did. now that yeah, he's so. he he has turned the corner with the G seven faithful. He's doing almost every international tour they've done. He's actually going back to England to face Clint Margera at a future uh-huh. TNT show. I'm really happy about that. So I mean, he's become kind of one of the new like four corner pillars of GCW in a way. I mean, he's stood the, he has stood the test of time. So Murdoch, he's probably going to be one of the, at least the three favorites. 
of NGI, I'd say. If not, one of the top two favorites. Um, one person I want to talk about who, James, you talked about earlier, Hunter Freeman. I know there's not many people that know who he is. I know he's done, I believe, only two on-the-record death matches for GCW at the moment. So number three will happen here at NGI. Um, what are you, has been your impression of Hunter Freeman so far? I mean, to start, I mean, Hunter Freeman, I feel like he's done pretty damn well. And I feel like just the past matches he's been in has proved it. I mean, he's been in there with Cologne. He's been in there with Mance Warner. He's done some pretty damn good stuff. And I feel like as it pertains to this tournament, he has probably, in a way, he's got the most favorable position because he has everything to gain. You know, first, Nothing to lose, everything to gain. I love it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, first NGI, and I'm sure there's a lot of people overlooking him, but all it takes is three seconds in that ring for everybody's brackets to go bust, which is why I've nicknamed him as the bracket buster, because I mean, <laughs> whoever whoever he faces, like, I know there's probably going to be a big segment that's not thinking that Hunter Freeman could make it to round two, but I mean, if he does, then that's a ton of different brackets just going to hell. Like, he has everything to gain here's what i'm thinking the matchup's going to be for hunter freeman sure. I, I yes god damn it mike <laughs> i was thinking put the two newcomer the new behemoths against each other i know there's some people on twitter today when sawyer got announced for the la show next month they're like hunter versus sawyer and i'm like watch that be the ngi first round match and I would be sitting there being like, I called it, and now you basically read my mind, Mike. So 100 percent They're not gonna spoil that and for an LA show. I will I oh, know. Dude, there were people like who were being really annoying about this, and Lauren knows what I'm talking about, but they were like when he was announced, they were making comments like, I don't know who this is. Uh sell, I'm gonna so sell my shouldn't. tickets. Even some of my friends, and I was like, and I was like, remember when you said this about Slade and he killed it? Like, so why don't you just give him a, like a little bit of like a chance and um i think like the thing about it with these like guys that haven't been seen is they like kill themselves to make an impression so he's gonna i think he's gonna do really well and he's gonna surprise i, I like his build too i like that he's kind of a bigger dude like i like uh, him he looks like a southern guy yeah I like he's, that, that backwoods brawler mm -hmm. nickname really fits him well I, I think sawyer hunter could be really good i could see a lot of glass in that one i could see a lot of glass being used in that just like hard wire, just beastie. They can just it, like a, it's a, it's a, that could be like your hoss fight of the first yes. round. I it's cool that a female's in a hoss fight, right? Yeah. Oh, isn't man. that like the yeah. coolest fucking thing ever? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. like imagine like thinking to yourself, oh, there's no females are gonna be in a hoss fight. Enter Mickey Knuckles and Sawyer Wreck would enter that conversation real well. Man, this off topic, but she did so well last weekend. And she did. She did great at TOD. Yeah. And, by the way, I think we we I don't think we've recorded since you were the commentator extraordinaire for TOD. But yes, but I don't want to talk about it too much because no, I just want to say I just want to say congrats. My, they still have to edit my thank but you. <laughs> we gotta congratulate you on that. It's a huge deal. So oh, yeah. I mean, congrats on your first ever commentary gig being Terminator of Death. So that's pretty freaking cool that my co-host did TOD and literally great tournament. So just want to give that. Thank you. It's air. Yeah, I, I would like to uh, do one, you know, 
do one here and there. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I like watching the show, though, you know? So I don't want to do it, like, all the time. So that's not, that was never my goal any, or intention. But, um, hey. But it was fun. Yeah. When one, one door opens, you just got to go through it. That's what I say. Should I Should I do a little exclusive right now? Well, what's your exclusive? What's your exclusive? Uh, well, there's another announcement with Alex Clone that will be that ha- it also pertains to me. It's oh. gonna be announced, I think, at the end of the week. Uh, another thing is, um, but I guess by the time this will be announced, we'll be like next in the middle of the week. Next middle week. of the week, yeah. I got tickets to both shows this weekend, and I have not decided <laughs> which one I'm going to. <laughs> so I'm, I told uh, everyone, custody, everyone asked, custody, of Mike, said, custody of Mike Servino, like ladder exactly. match. <laughs> it's going to be a game time decision based on the card. So we'll see who gets canceled this week and and, and taken off the card. We'll see who, <laughs> who can't make it, and we'll, and we'll see what they're looking like on Friday, and then I'll, I'll decide. So everyone's asking, like, what are you going to? Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I have both tickets. You, from you us. should. We'll here's what I'm just. Uh, I'm gonna. This will be the last thing I'm gonna say about this. You should do like a LeBron James decision, like Kings okay. are like I'm gonna take my talents to this show. Yeah, and like yeah. have like have, have to like both. To both. Yeah. yeah, just do a whole thing. It'd be hilarious. It'd be wonderful. Oh, um, man. Yeah, this is this sucks. Um, I wish you were coming to Chicago. Though. I know. That's what I was just gonna say. Like uh, a bunch uh, of people said the even, same thing. I know. I didn't even think about it. Really, like I was like, eh, like you know, I have enough here, and then like. I kind of want to go now, you know. Like, it'd be cool. Like, I mean, the NGI is always a good time, and of course, want to kind of shout this show out the next day, making their long away. I know a lot of people from the Wisconsin area who've been begging GC to come back, and what a better way to come back than to be at the famous La Pica Lounge for another edition of Wisconsin Death Trip. Um, I'm excited. I'm going to be front and center on that show too i'm gonna be front row for that and that they only sold 30 front row tickets like it's literally like they didn't they sold no other rows that's how small this venue is oh damn if you if you've seen insane eight a couple years back like 2019 or so they ran at la pica as well so that's where you may have seen it before but of course wisconsin death trip was the very first gcw touring show danny havoc's wisconsin death trip a show that really Hold the place near and dear to my heart. Um, but seeing them go back to Milwaukee, going to La Pica, a venue I've always wanted to check out for so long. I'm getting to cross that off the deathmatch bucket list, I'll say. So yeah, that's a cool venue. It's a um, such a cool venue, such a cool venue from what I've seen. That's also where I know some of you that are gonna be listening were on our um auction that Lauren and I were doing. Um and I, I, and I won the, the kick pads. I won the kick pads. Yeah, they pads were worn in La Pica um, against Marcus Crane, and that yeah. was a great match, man. That was such a great match. So, um, enough with that. I mean, we still have a whole bunch of the NGI here. Um, yeah, I mean, I do see. I think Cole running it back with C Club and Miedo, and um, where do we see Sakuda? here like in regards to matchups because he's kind of like he could fight cold too he could but i almost want to see cologne Sakuda an encore of their tos match from tos that was a good one tos Mm. four i could see Sakuda cologne someone i mean again Sakuda, as we've kind of said i mean he's not the best thing but i do think me like he's very much like an american deathmatch wrestler stuck in Japan, almost like he could almost be here full time and basically make it work. 
But I mean, he's in Japan for a reason, and um, he's in freedoms, and he's kind of all the fray. I'm glad he's getting an opportunity like this. I'm glad they're bringing in someone that we haven't seen in a while. To some, he's a familiar face, but to I'm a lot of the fan base, he's technically new if we really think about it. So, uh-huh. um, I mean, yeah, we could see a Cole versus Sakuda or Cole versus or Cologne versus Sakuda. Um, what about Sakuda Sequel Pay? That would that's another one. I mean, yeah, I could see that. I could see that too. I mean, both of them they kind of fit each other well. Both of them love the shock factor. Both of them love to really like take things to the limit. So I feel like Cyclope and Sakuda would almost be a match made in heaven at that point. Uh, that's a very interesting. That's a very interesting proposition you put there. I think I think that they would uh, mesh well together. I mean, I'm happy to see both Los Macizos in this as well, by the way. I think their first deathmatch tournament was NGI2, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, it's been a while since they've been... I mean, I know they did NGI2, then they did TOS3, where Cyclope won. Yep. So it's been a while since we've seen them in deathmatch tournaments for GCW, but I think none other than NGI, where they have a lot of history in Chicago, as you, as both of you know. Yeah. Both of them, Cyclope and Miedo, first won the GCW tag team titles in Chicago right before their having to go back to Mexico and visa issues came up. Mm-hmm. But then they lost the belts in Chicago at Art of War. But now they go into NGI as tag team champs, and I don't. There could be a little bit of a friendly competition between Cyclope and Miedo on who goes farther here, and I think the two of them thrive really well when there's this little friendly competition on to see who's the better man. So yeah. that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, I feel like though, I mean, you almost kind of want to see them clash in round one to see like you know to really get the bragging right of i'm going on and you're not i mean that's just me i feel like naturally i can see that i can see that naturally you kind of want to see which tag partner is gonna be able to push on to the next round um another triple threat we could possibly see is cologne Sakuta cole if we're if we want to do cyclope and me i was thinking that too I think Sukuda maybe could be in the uh, triple threat, but I feel I like you're, you're gonna um, you're gonna fly him all the way from Japan. I feel like whoever Sukuda is facing, he's probably gonna advance. I don't, you know, I'm not really sure. Or, again, or not? I don't know. Rina we don't know. Advance last year, know. I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say Reno did not advance after the first round of NGI. I mean, Takeda, we all knew he was going to the finals, considering what happened in Detroit the night before, but yeah. um. I mean, it's it, again, I, I do kind of like that everything's up in the air here. I do kind of like that because, I mean, there's a sense of unpredictability. But I think with the way the field's shaped, there is at least one triple threat. Um, I, I got to go with Murdoch winning this. I, I, I'm sorry. To, like, I, I know, in a perfect reality, I'd love to see Sawyer become like the fucking barrier breaker like of like GCW and winning NGI and then like calling out Nick Gage for a title shot in the future. That'd be like the perfect reality, but I know that's not, that is not sometimes always true. So um, we can see, but 
I, I do think Murdoch has a good shot here. I think back at the scene of the crime where he first came back to GCW after a long hiatus. Um, and I, I almost want to see Cologne Murdoch in the finals. I just, I, I feel like there's something there. I can see Cologne trying to go for the repeat, but Murdoch being the man who beat up Cologne at the same spot. I, there's a lot there. And I mean, I feel like the, um, NGI is almost too good of a place to not see that match happen once again. I don't know what you guys are thinking. I think he's winning it, no doubt. I feel like they're probably going to maybe do a little storytelling in full circle in the year. So I agree with that analysis of that. And I think it would be, I think it'd be cool. And then maybe you could do like a Cologne versus Murdoch final. I don't know. We'll see. I think Cologne Murdoch final just makes the most sense logistically. James, what are you thinking? Honestly, I mean, first off, I'll lead off by saying, I mean, you guys have kind of sold me on Murdoch for the win. Yeah. But but I will say I kind of have a different direction in my head as to wow the finals because I honestly just in my head if I'm fantasy booking this I mean I honestly kind of want to see Cole Murdoch in the finals I mean roping it uh. back around to where Murdoch gave up his spot in the TOS to Cole Radrick and to mm-hmm. see you know like months later after that first round exit for him to make it all the way to the finals against the guy who put him in tournament position in the first place. Like that to me would be a really, really cool, like full really cool moment. Story. That'd be a really cool moment. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Cause I remember everyone was like, why isn't Colin TOS? Why isn't Colin TOS? And then all of a sudden Murdoch's like, yeah, you want TOS take my spot, bro. And now months later, I mean, Cole, Cole's just as being great around the world and around the country as we could have ever thought. I mean, who would have thought the guy who was just kind of doing his thing, kind of just being a hybrid, all of a sudden gets back into the deathmatch realm literally this year. This isn't like some like few year long rise. This is like this was a meteoric rise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, who couldn't make it to face Oren, remember in February, Cologne, somebody couldn't make yep. it. Cologne, and and he filled in, and look at look look at him now. That opened up a whole can of worms, right? I bet it, maybe he regrets no, that. Maybe he no. does. <laughs> I mean, matches happen. Matches happen, and I mean, yeah, it's true. Who, who would have thought? I mean, everyone was literally clamoring for Cole to be in TOS, and mind you, Cole literally got the biggest possible challenge of his life in Drew Parker and TOS, like. Have fun beating that behemoth, especially in <laughs> yeah. round one, even on one good leg. So um, now Cole's got a new shot, new new clean slate. And um, if we're talking about long term storytelling, remember Sawyer was she was in the qualifiers for TOS and lost the slate, and now she gets she's a complete. Back. She's yeah. back in a new yeah. new clean slate. So a lot of I love when tournaments have different stories going into that. And I love that we can like analyze it from our set point of view and realize these things because then it opens up more people to realize, Oh, there's this story. There's this, there's these things to think about. So, you know, what we also will have that people are, I think are forgetting about, I think that Nick will be back this year. 
Well, yeah, he's gonna be around. Just, yeah, he but he's, wasn't he's, there he's, last year. He's got he's got his eyes on a few people. Remember when he won the bell by club weekend? Zori was one of the people who came out and was like, "I mm-hmm. want a shot at the bell." So that's one he's definitely got his eye on. Dude, but, it was the the tournament last year was missing something. It was missing him. It was um, missing him just there, like yeah, him, yes. Like, I liked NGI last year. It was a good lineup. It had a, some good story going for it. But yeah, like Nick not being there to give it the same energy. Like, it needs just, to be, yeah. It's his namesake, and I'm glad he's going to be there. I'm, I'm guessing he's going to be on commentary and scouting everything out. And For sure, um, for sure. It, and yeah, he's he's back in the swing of things. I'm hoping nobody gets um injured too. Like, sorry, not to interrupt you. Sorry. No, go, no, go ahead. no, go ahead, dude. That's what I was just saying. I hope no one gets. I feel like last year was injury heavy. Everyone uh, got messed well, up. Well, <laughs> yeah. there was so much glass last year. Mm-hmm. There was so much glass last year. I mean, that finals, like they they did some callbacks with a few spots from Cologne to Kato one. They did the you know the ladder spot from NGI three where they had the tubes between the ladders. Yeah. That was like five feet in front of me. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, they're really going to, and to, they did it almost exact spot to spot with the it's ladder. Such a sequence. risky move, right? Oh, and it was on the outside too, which like a little bit of tarp. And I'm like, how is Alex not like legit? <laughs> and mind you that insane superplex, that was like right in front of me. That was right in front of me. And I just vividly remember I'm like pushing everyone back. I'm like, y'all don't want to be in this. You don't want to be anywhere. It was a super black onto the outside with Zakia and Cologne in the finals, if you remember it from last year. And Alex I just got so messed up. The, I we all did. Like I literally got a little like I got a dink, like glass cut on my finger. And not to try to be too not safe for work here, but I was at the after festivities. And I'm I'm putting some hand sanitizer on, and all of a sudden, a little shard of glass pops out of my finger Eesh. from that. I'm like, what? I didn't even know it was in my finger. Like, it didn't even hurt me until I put hand sanitizer on. That's how crazy last year's finals was. So, yeah, let's hope for no injuries. Let's hope for a cleaner tournament. But, I mean, it's NGI. We got to go a little crazy here. We got to get a little nuts. Um, This has been so much fun to have you on james um and uh, for those of you that don't know with james i'll guess i'll formally announce it but james is gonna be kind of helping us as well with some notes in the future so whenever we whenever we need news in the world of deathmatch like james is gonna be one of our guys so get to know him especially going to next year um he is really instrumental a huge supporter of your dose of death podcast a guy who I consider a great friend who we talk a lot about um, just good old wrestling. I'm, I'm glad that the Australia trip really reignited your love of wrestling as well. So, um, but I, I'm just really happy that we were able to do this and preview NGI as best as we can. Again, if we had more matchups and we could go through them, it would be a little bit longer. But again, as we've said before, these are the views of James and your dose of death podcast. So we are, taking this literally on the fly as humanly possible um but um james i want um people to get to know you more um where can people find your stuff where can people find you whether on social medias or wherever so floor is yours to plug whatever 
Well, you know what? First off, before I put myself over like the mark I am, I'm going to put you two over because, I mm. mean, this was this was a big, big wish list item for me. I mean, I love what you two are doing. I mean, Lauren, you already know. I mean, we are, you know, you're an awesome friend. Love chatting with you. Love chatting it up in this venue. Uh, Mike, I'm stoked to have finally met you. I'm a big yeah, fan. Yeah, you of- too, man. Big fan of what you've got going on with Kings Road. I love the style you present with just the way you bring the news in that infographic style. But now to put myself over. Alrighty. So if you like any of the following, wrestling tweets, eating food incorrectly, terrible jokes that will either make you snort or like scoff. Uh, follow me over on Twitter at James L underscore T R W. That is James L underscore T R W. Uh, that's pretty much where I'm usually most active. You know, for now, with uh, the way Twitter is, uh, if I end up migrating, I will put it out there. But for now, I mean, Twitter's the big place you can find me. And you know, again, just thank you so much for bringing me aboard. This was a blast. Well. Thank you again for coming on, making the time for us. I know we all got our busy schedules and our lives going on, but um, there you guys have it. The NGI seven preview. Um, as always, you can find Mike at Kings Road wrestling on Instagram, and you can always find me at Lauren YDOD on Twitter. If you guys have any thoughts yourself on NGI, I'd love to hear them. Um, before we end, I did put out a thing when NGI was kind of, finally I met like the field I put out kind of a feeler on Twitter on like who's be- everyone's feeling a lot of people were going with like guys like Cole with Cologne Big F and Joe was getting some pulse mm-hmm. um so this is a kind of a split down field not a lot of Murdoch love which is kind of interesting so um the three of us we got Murdoch winning this I mean but last I want to hear what you guys have to say so if you guys listen to this episode um and have your own thoughts, whether tweet at me or talk to us on Insta or wherever. Just let us know. Um, we'd love to hear. I'm gonna make a post about how I think Murdoch's gonna win. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. put that on the record. Just put so I have on, there. Put, I, put I, I the predicted record. the Bev, and he won last week. So I'm on a roll. You are on a roll. I'm you are on a roll. <laughs> De- you you be like the new Deathmatch Swami, sir. Me now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that there you heard it here first. Um. Again, from James, from Mike, to myself, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Your Dose of Death. Um, And have a great rest of your day, night, whenever you listen to this. So thank you guys so much.